welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. We are here with Exploring the Marketplace. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, with Bob Hassan. Bob, who do we have on today? Sean, we have Gina Horner, who is the senior leader of the Mission, which is an orphanage. Uh, they have a multi-campus nonprofit that cares for over 800 children wow. each day. Uh, they have a campus in Mexico. They have a campus in Romania. Um, and Gina's vulnerability and passion is evident in the way that she lives, leads, and teaches and loves. She's the prophetic voice of the mission, has been part of it ever since her family first volunteered at the Tijuana campus when she was a young girl. They call her Mama G. Mm. And uh, she has this true gift to see the potential in others and challenge them to stay strong in their yes through their journeys with the Lord. Gina leads the mission alongside of her husband, Jimmy. The two of them split their time between Mexico and Romania, and they have wow. four beautiful daughters. This is who we're talking to today, Sean. No, and I love this for our audience because so many people um, don't see missions as entrepreneurial. They don't see they see maybe traditional things they've been they've been led to see by maybe a church movement or a denomination. And what Jimmy and Gina are doing, they really have a vision globally for orphans, and they have a vision for each orphan can change the world. Like you know, today I love that kind of slogan of today's orphan tomorrow's leaders kind of thing. And so I think it's a really relevant conversation for you here at Exploring the Marketplace because you're going to hear people who are taking on a genre of organization in a really prophetic, spiritual, but also entrepreneurial way. So stay tuned for up next, Gina Horner. Hi, my name is Sean Bowles. I'm hosting a class called Your Prophetic Journey, and I've never taught a class quite like this before. And I want to invite you to be a part. God is revealing himself through our journey of life all the time and speaking to us through everything around us if we just know how to look. Join me for a four-week class that will help you navigate through how to track, categorize, and then see and look for what God's saying to you in the now by having a very clear history of what he's already said. Through this class, you're going to categorically go through your own personal sign journey with God over which biblical characters mean the most to you, which historical figures, which number signs, animal signs, even biblical stories that God's weaving into your life to tell you his story for your destiny and your relationships. You're going to have practical tools to chart out how to listen to new prophetic words and that things that God's telling you so that you'll be able to weigh them alongside your overall journey and make the best decisions and create actionable steps with these words. There's a whole web series at YouTube where I tell stories and process prophetic events that's going to help you to supplement this journey that is your prophetic journey that's going to help you pursue God just the way you've always wanted to. And this comes from a class and a model that I've practiced myself for decades that I've now broken down for you. So come join my class. Welcome back to Explain the Marketplace. We're here with Gina Horner. And Gina, you are doing some things in the world that I, I feel like Bob and I, if we had spiritual heroes, you're one of them, just going after not just orphans, but also actually the concept that I can't wait for you to unpack about living in an orphan-free world and, I, and, wow. and making that phrase something that happened in past generations, but not now. And the first time I ever heard you share that, I just thought, it's like an explosion went off, like a nuclear bomb went off inside of me, like, God, could you do that in our generation? Is that realistic or is that idealistic? And I just was so excited. So we're so happy you're here today. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to to hopefully inspire people to believe for what we're going after and, and get involved. Awesome. 
Well, um, Sean, you said that she's one of our spiritual heroes. She, she and Jimmy preached at uh, Jesus Culture San Diego last weekend, and we all sat there and thought, are we believers? Do we need to go <laughs> <laughs> My goal today is just to see Bob cry. <laughs> Which doesn't happen very often. When it happens, we all cry. It's like yeah. we all cry with Bob. Well, no, I will say this, Bob, and just in the beginning of, of one of the reasons why we want you on to explain the marketplace is because you run a massive organization in the midst of doing a, you know, a missionary type mindset with a social justice bent in my mind and the right kind of social justice bent. Um, you guys do it and it's multi-continent. Uh, based ministry. And so it's, there's not many people who are doing what you're doing. And so I think when people think of entrepreneurship and business and hustling and seeing God in our work everyday life, sometimes they need to hear from people like you, Gina, where it's like they, they hear how you're, you've adopted like these incredible principles into your organization, how you're going to embrace employees as family. And as you guys have gone after things. I just think it's really important to the conversation of exploring the marketplace. So I want to give people context. Maybe you're working as a career as a nurse, or you're a lawyer, or you're, you know, you own your own business. This is completely relevant to that conversation, as you will hear. But Bob, you have the first question. Let's yeah. go. Well, Gina, just tell us a little bit about the origin story. Uh, where did where did you guys start? And then fast forward uh, up into Romania. So okay. give us a give us a few minutes of of how this whole thing happened. Well, Steve and Kathy Horner are the founders. They're my in-laws. Um, and in the early or mid eighties, Kathy was watching, she lived in the Bay area and she was watching one of those um, infomercials on sponsor a child. And, and she felt like Holy spirit came into the room and just said, will you go to Mexico and take care wow. of my kids? Wow. And she said, yes. And it took her a little bit to convince her husband, Steve, to, to do it also. But they, um, they, I think the ridiculous thing about them is they just believed that Jesus would do it. So they sold their houses. They sold their business. Um, they didn't go to language school. They didn't go to Bible college. They didn't get backed by their church. They just packed up their two kids and moved to Tijuana and started this journey of looking for property to build an orphanage. And I think it was two years in, they had their first um, orphanage house. They had they bought the first 10 acres kind of on the east side of TJ and um, just like stood very planted on Jesus asked us to come and take care of his kids. And they like drilled into us because I started going when I was 10 to um, on missions trips to their orphanage. And every time we would go, I would hear, we are changing Mexico one child at a time. Mm. So our origin is like this, this ridiculous faith to do anything. Mm. And then this deep, deep abiding trust that if he gives you an idea, if he gives you a thought, if he gives you a problem, then everything is, you are prepared. He will back wow. everything that's in your heart to do. Well, um, I so believe that. I so believe that. But I, I think like when we hear your story and some of the stories you're about to tell, I want our listeners as listeners, you guys put yourself in the shoes of for every problem, there's a, a God solution. 
for yeah. everything that comes at you, God is there and he's there to minister with wisdom through you. So I just, I wanted to say that because I feel like what you said is so profound. Keep going. Yeah. Tell us, yeah. tell us more. I think that, um, well, one thing that Steve and Kathy, like their original plan was to go and take care of kids. So 100% open up an orphanage. Steve and Kathy were the first um, house parents. So our mm-hmm. homes in Mexico are set up like um, your house. They have the master bedroom and then they have all the kids' bedrooms and a couple will go in and become wow. house parents to these kids. And Steve and Kathy were the first ones to do that. Wow. So when they opened the first orphanage house, they lived in the house with their son, Jimmy, my husband, and their um, his older sister, Julie. And then they just started bringing in and kids. Wow. Um, from there, once they opened the orphanage and they realized like, wow, we can actually do this. This is amazing. Um, we're taking care of these kids. All of these kids know Jesus now. What's next? And they started looking at um, Mexico with a new perspective as in like going, asking the kids, like take what you've learned right now and take it out into the community and tell other people about how Jesus has saved you. And so in that process of getting these little, you know, eight to 12 year olds out evangelizing in TJ, they started seeing more need. And Mm. from there, they started um, building schools and churches, daycare centers. So it expanded from one child at a time through an orphanage to one child at a time through education, family care, after school programs, churches. So what what happens now is in Mexico, you guys have, I don't know how many buildings, but about 100,000 square feet. And you you take care of roughly 800 kids a day. Uh, Mm -hmm. You provide meals, you have orphans overnight you you have school and and then and then you you got a vision for romania um a number of years ago and 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 tell us tell us how that happened and what's happening over there now well my first um trip to romania was when i was 13 years old and um my first encounter in romania was i went with i don't know if you guys know tracy evans She's, she's a, she's a rock star missionary. She's like a real missionary. Um, Like you're not. (laughs) I don't think so sometimes because I have like running water and. (laughs) Yeah. Some of the places that you go. (laughs) Um, But I went on a missions trip with her and we went into an orphanage and this was right after the fall of communism. And we went into an orphanage to vaccinate kids. And I was going through the building with some of the girls that that lived there who were my age. I was 13 at the time. And there were uh, metal cages with toddlers in them stacked three high. And I was stunned. I'd never seen anything like that. I'd never heard that that was a thing. I was just a little girl from, you know, Weaverville, California, tiny little mountain town. And it impacted me so deeply. Fast forward like about 30 years, um, Jesus said he was pouring out his spirit on Europe in a new way and asked us if we wanted to be a part of it. So Jimmy and I Googled 
what is the poorest country in Moldova? I mean, poorest country in Europe and Moldova came up um, because we know how to do, we know how to do the, how to help the port. We know how to build platforms for them to be launched from. We know how to turn an orphan into a child of God. And Mm -hmm. so we flew to Moldova and we started driving around the country, but, and we thought, wow, we could really do this. There's a lot of need here. But when we crossed the border into Romania to drop our interpreter off, we just felt this um, home, this sense of peace. And through this really fun Holy Spirit adventure, we got to the city that we're in, Sigashorta, Romania, and to this enormous um, clothing factory, 85,000 square feet that has four floors of factory, but over the years, um, their business was collapsing and they just were using the bottom floor and it was for sale. Wow. (laughs) Wow. We said, uh, we've never done that before because the, the base in Mexico was built from the ground up. It was built like septic system first. And then, you know, you dig your own wells and, you put in your own infrastructure. And here was this building that was already had walls, already had water, already had electricity. And, but we had never done it. We had never done something like that. And Jesus just was so clear. He said, why would you want to wait 30 years to get like the amount of square footage when I could just give it to you right now? Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense, but it's really scary. It's the mm-hmm. ugliest building ever. It looks like a communist hospital that's been abandoned for a hundred years. Oh. But, um, but Holy Spirit has a really funny way of restoring restoring like broken, ugly things and turning them into this like beautiful, transformational, mm-hmm. gosh, inspiring place. So 85,000 square feet. Wow. So when you looked at 85,000 square feet, did it feel like it's going to take a long time to grow into the purpose of this? Or did it feel like we need a lot of square footage right now? Like we need, we're going in, you know, hot and heavy right now in the sense of what we're doing. Well, we thought that it would be like Mexico in the sense of like you open your doors and everybody comes in because you have a reputation in the city. But oh, okay. Nobody knew us and (laughs) the villages that we were doing work that we wanted to work in, they had no need because Mm. they didn't know that they should educate their children. They didn't know that an after-school program in learning English as a second language would help them come out of poverty. They were in such a vicious cycle of generation after generation after generation of poverty Mm that they didn't even know how to dream past it or that they even should be dreaming past it. Wow. So the first step was to introduce them to, you are actually in need and I can help you. So our, the villages that we work with, they, um, they're Romic people or gypsy. And most of the parents send their kids out to um, beg in the streets. So Kids become part of um, the being the breadwinners for the family. 
And so sending them to school would be detrimental to to how much money they can. That's such a vicious cycle. Yeah. (laughs) So we had to work really hard at creating relationships and um, convincing them that there was more and that uh, we could help take them to that place. Wow. I think, Bob, I don't know if you know this, but I went to Romania in like 1994, I believe. So I was young, 20s. And I went with this old man who was really well known in the in, from UK in the Eastern European circles. He would go just with a backpack on and he would hike out places. And he was kind of like this father figure to all these churches. His name was John McFarland. And mm-hmm. so John asked me to go with him on this summer trip to um, to Eastern Europe. And he just said, we're going to bring backpacks and we're going to go on a lot of buses and trains. It was crazy. It was like, he's a true missionary style. When we got to Romania, and I have this heart for orphans, when we got to Romania, I remember seeing this gypsy kid in one of the towns we're in who was like smoking. He was seven years old or eight years old. It couldn't have been older than that. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 come here. I, I was going to try and buy him ice cream or do something else. You know, like, not that I would fix anything, but as an American, it was probably even American pride. Like, I want to help this kid who's smoking. And he's like, he basically cussed at me. And his language I was like, leave me alone. And John goes, let's go to a real orphanage. And we went to an orphanage, not with cages, but like what you described, where there was one mm-hmm. helper and there was like 28. 29 kids under 12, most of them were toddlers. And I remember I've talked to my wife about this several times because I've been to a lot of hard places, but to see one person who was responsible for 20, 26, 27, 28 kids, and yeah. they were all like, there was two bedrooms and they were all in that two bedroom space. And it was just, it was hell. It was, it was literally hell. And it so gripped me. So I can't imagine because I want it as a young 20, whatever year old to do something. And I remember John said, just, you know, you're young enough to let your heart get exposed to see what Jesus says. Yeah. And just let your heart get exposed. So when you're when you can do something, you will. And yeah. I remember it was just such a profound moment. And I feel like probably a lot of people, you know, hear your story and they're so inspired because through you guys, they get to do something. Through you guys, they get a partner and help. Tell us about what it's like though to build the infrastructure of two different campuses that one has a hundred thousand square feet, one has eighty thousand square feet. I'm sure this isn't all you're doing, but and then covering, I know Mexico, eight hundred plus kids, and then uh, however many in Romania, tell us about like what does it take every day to have faith for the needs of just food, just the power to stand. And like, is, are you guys always ahead in those areas, or is it a place of faith? Or tell us some of those stories. And like, what built that faith? I think that um, Stephen Kathy built such a really such a strong foundation of faith inside mm-hmm. of the culture of the ministry that anything financial that comes up we remind ourselves of the things that they broke through for us. Wow. And um, one of those is, I think it was in the early 90s, they had about 40 kids um, living in the orphanage at the time. And because they hadn't been sent by a church, they were using, um, they just had like their connections, their family and their family's friends were their main donors. Yeah. And about two three years into it, their donors were fatigued and Mm -hmm. no more money was coming in. And they got to a place where financially Steve saw that, okay, we actually only have enough food to go through Tuesday. All of our credit cards are tapped. Um, We Mm -hmm. can't ask anyone else. And he had a small staff meeting and he and Kathy had a small staff meeting and the response from like the two or three other staff members were, well, we should really find some place to take these kids because 
obviously you heard it wrong. Like Jesus said you should come, but it's not working out. This means that the door is closing. And Steve was just like, Steve is first generation Christian. And he just said, I don't think that's how God works. God said to come. Why would he not figure this out now? We're staying. And so Tuesday come came and they had breakfast and now they didn't have anything for lunch. And those same staff members went back to him and said, you know, the end is actually here. And if you ever have a chance to meet him, he is just, he has this stubborn faith, this unmovable <laughs> stubborn faith. And it can be very aggressive and mean, but <laughs> it also is like that thick headed bull yeah. actually yeah. plows through things that need to be plowed through. And he just said, no, we're not leaving. And a couple hours after breakfast, a truck pulled up to the orphanage and it had 500 live chickens. Oh and Steve just knew like, okay, it's over. Like, this wow. is it. We made it through. Like, what else will God do? And one of the staff members was like, you can't feed kids just chicken. Like, there's, you have to have more. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve said that he just kind of looked at him, cocked his head and was like, well, I can't wait to see what God does next. And literally within the hour, a truck with 500 loaves of bread came. Gosh. And that is when like the financial breakthrough for the ministry came. It just, Mm. he needed, I mean, so often we take like a closing door or a closed door as a sign to move on. I was like, well, if Jesus said to do something, and you said yes to it, why would God change his mind right now? So good, Gina. You need that, like, that internal spine of faith that just says, I am unmovable, I am unshakable. So anything that's come after that, um, when Steve, when Jimmy and I stepped into leadership 14 years ago, anything that has come up financially, we look at it through the eyes of the chicken. chickens and loaves that's like (laughs) chicken and bread well i mean i remember the the thought of purchasing um romania was impossible and you know the the chicken story came back up and all of a sudden the, the funds were provided and god did a miracle and you guys i mean you were surprised but you really weren't surprised at at, at how everything happened yeah I think that um, when you have enough testimonies in your pocket, you actually believe that God is provider. Well, I remember hearing you though. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. And I think God has, like for me personally, God has been providing since I was a little girl. And since I was a young mom, he's been providing. And Mm -hmm. At any moment, I can just pull out those testimonies and go, oh, no, it's actually illegal for me to not believe. Mm -hmm. And I just I have a very strong black and white view on either I trust God or I don't trust God. Yeah, which is super rare. And I remember one time Bethel had you share the vision of the Romania building. Mm -hmm. And I was at the conference speaking at the conference and 
to Bethel and Redding, California. And, uh, and I remember you said something like this, correct me however you want to, but you said, why wouldn't God do this for them? Why not yes. us and why not them? And it was this thing of, it wasn't just about you. It wasn't, there was no ego in it. There was no, like you and Jimmy didn't need anything from this, but you were looking at this country that God wanted to love more orphans. And then that led you into also sharing, which I've heard you now three times share. Tell us the vision or the encounter you had about orphanlessness. Like t- talk about that because mm-hmm. I think those of us who care about children at risk around the world and different conditions, mm-hmm. like I, I never had that vision before you. It was a before and after moment for me. Right. I've helped a lot of kids. I've fed a lot of kids. I've done a lot of things with children at risk. I'm doing things with children at risk. I'm building schools in different places, but I've never ever heard your your revelation. So I, I just think it'd be really fresh for our listeners. I just, I really believe that from like the very bottom of my heart, I believe that in my lifetime, that I will be a great, great, great grandma sitting on the front porch of my house, seeing all of these kids play and they'll ask me about my life and I'll tell them about the orphanage and they won't know what the word orphan means. And I'll have to describe it to them. And they'll be horrified, like, oh my gosh, really? No moms, no dads abandoned by their family? Like, yeah. And then we came with Jesus and look at what he's done. And Jimmy and I stand just really, really firmly on that. He had um, a vision years ago, and he saw... Um, a family reunion happening on our campus in Mexico. And there were kids, um, all different ages, but they, the original kids had major scars all over their body. And then the next generation didn't have as many. And the generation after that had none. And what Jesus was telling Jimmy in the vision was just like, the work we do right now with this generation will help heal the next generation. And then by the next generation, they won't know what it is to be abandoned. Wow. Wow. And last month we got to do, um, have a graduation in Mexico. So we were graduating kindergarten, sixth grade, um, junior high and high school. And our kindergarten teacher was a little, came to the orphanage when she was a little girl. She was like six. She came in and now she's a kindergarten teacher working for us. And one of the students that she graduated in her kindergarten class was a dot was the son of one of the girls that grew up in the orphanage when I was her house mom. So wow. I was a house mom in 1994. And one of the girls that I took care of is now a mama of three and all of her kids come to our schools. And that right there, when we see orphan broken, that cycle of putting your kids into an orphanage, abandoning them, abandoning them, or handing them to someone else, when that gets broken, like, oh, success. Wow. Wow. Gina, I mean, we, we're going to have to have a part two, but our time's over. How do people sponsor kids? How do people get involved with the mission? Uh, tell us, you know, your, your story about credit cards, um, at the end, your, your, all the credit cards were maxed. 
as entrepreneurs and business owners and people in the marketplace, we all understand that. <laughs> and, but we, but what we don't understand is that our mission is to take care of orphans. And so I, I know that our listener base and uh, viewership base would just love to support mm-hmm. what the mission is doing. Well, our website um, can take you to our sponsorship page. And our sponsorship money goes directly to our our the care of any children in one of our programs. So whether that's a six-hour program, 12-hour program, or 24-hour program, the sponsorship money goes directly to them. It's $30 a month, and you can get there through the missioninc.org. That's awesome. Missioninc.org, you want to go there. Yeah. Well, Gina, thanks for being on today. Thanks for sharing. I know um, we're always inspired by you, and I know... Everyone, you're, as you're watching, there's something about God's heart for orphans right now, God's heart for children at risk right now. And so do something about it. And if you don't do it with Gina, do it somewhere. But thanks yeah. for watching. And we have one more segment up next with final thoughts for Sean and Bob. It's back to school season right now. And I have my Growing Up With God book and workbook for your children right now in a bundle. And if you get this bundle, you get an e-course called Spirit-Led Parenting by Seth Dahl, who's the children's pastor for a number of years at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Seth is gonna take you on a journey as a parent to really understand how to hear God and teach your kids the same thing, as well as the Growing Up With God book and workbook. And the workbook is so phenomenal. Kids can do it on their own, or you can use it as a Bible study time with you as a family. I want to encourage you as you're going back to school to put God in the center of it and make sure to get resources that would help you and your children grow today. Welcome back with Final Thoughts, Sean. That was quite the interview. You know, the one thing that you can't get on an interview like this is the sights and smells of what Gina and Jimmy deal with at the orphanages. And and I think, you know, I've heard her stories of just the, the terrible things. Like in Romania, I remember when they opened that base, um, the kids who came in, they'd never used a bathroom. So they would just go to the bathroom in the middle of the floor or anywhere they wanted to because um, they, they just had never been taught. And and the, these basic functions that we take for granted, uh, Gina has ha- had to deal with with her staff there. And I just think it's it's something that, you know, most of us don't think about. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're, you're actually reprogramming the way that human beings think and operate and that primary caregiver role when you study psychology is the most important role we have in our entire life that helps to train us and teach us and that's what the orphanages are doing and when that rolls in deficit in someone's life so much bad behavior happens so much criminal activity so many things that are terrible can happen and so we're talking about like when we want to heal society people say you know huge statements all the time like our organization our company we stand for this we value this but then there has to be feet on the ground. And so I, I hope that some of the companies and organizations who are watching or listening to Explore the Marketplace, that they'll adopt Gina and Jimmy's organization because they could have so much significance and pride in what they would be adopting and helping to revolutionize and be a caregiver to these children in a way that I think God always intended when there's a brokenness for people to come alongside of them in whatever way we can. I've been to um, I've been to the Mexico base and Lauren has been to the Romania base. Wow. It's just something that you know our family has gotten behind uh, the mission, you know, a, a, as a nonprofit and sponsored kids because the things that they do are, are so incredible. You, you you see these videos where a, a young girl was brought um, to the orphanage after being sex trafficked in, mm. and and then 
rehabilitated and loved and cared for. And now the same girl is a teacher at the orphanage. Wow. She's been totally redeemed. And, you know, you just can't see these stories anywhere else. And, And Jimmy and Gina are just... You know, she mentioned it, you know, she believes that uh, we'll be living in an orphanless society uh, in, in her lifetime. And I, I'm humbled by people with big vision like this. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I, I walk alongside an organization called Unlikely Heroes who works with human trafficking victims. And, and one of the things that Erica, who leads that, says is that I believe we will, just like William Wilberforce made slavery in the UK and, you know, it's parts of Europe, you made it so unpopular that it just dissolved, like it dissolved unless it was in the underground that we're going to go through that with sex trafficking around the world in our generation. So you hear these kinds of themes coming out of people who are leaders in their genre. And it's so, it is humbling. It's like, God, why not our generation? Why can't we stand against these kinds of things and see a different result? They've been happening all along. But what happens when it becomes the most unpopular thing, you know, like it becomes the most Painting it where my daughters look at it and go, this should be criminal activity to have an orphan. You know, everybody yeah. deserves to be adopted. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so beautiful. And I, and I think as entrepreneurs, as marketplace people, our listeners can see this and, and could hear a little bit uh, past Gina, the, the bootstrapping that it took to build yeah. these orphanages and the faith that it took, much like in our businesses, uh, uh, except their product and services is, is, are caring for the, our people who don't have parents and, and they're rehabilitating parents as they go, especially, especially in Romania, when yeah. the Romas, the gypsies have historically used their children to be part of, uh, part of the making money for their family. Yeah. And so they're breaking these cycles. That's so cool. Well, I love that we get to have these kind of conversations yeah. with people like Gina. I'm going to encourage you, uh, our viewers and listeners to get involved, to get involved with wherever you feel to get involved, but do something, you know, Inaction is passivity, and passivity is a thief to your real faith. And so I love that we get to introduce you to Gina and Jimmy Horner. I hope that it's been a great introduction, but I also love that the themes that are already alive in your heart come alive when you hear these stories. Those of you already doing something about it, you celebrate, you say, yes, this is what we're about, and we need to be about this because the father and his house, there's no orphans. And so we have the spirit of adoption on us. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to subscribe and also hit notifications if you're on YouTube or if you're on our podcast. We want to be a part of your journey. So thanks so much for being a part of ours. And we bless you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.